Thank you for listening to our Bayshore Rehoboth podcast. We always love to hear stories about how Bayshore is helping to have an impact in your life. We would love for you to take just a moment and send us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. Also, be sure to stop by our website at bayshorecc.org to find out all kinds of information, including past messages, videos, pictures, links to social media, and an opportunity to give online. Thanks again for joining us, and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. How many of you, a barbell with no weights on it, that's your style? I love that video because people will say the craziest things to you at the gym. I don't know if you know this, but I, um, when I first went to the gym, it was like 10 years ago, I didn't know there were rules in the gym. Like, I didn't know you were supposed to, you know, wipe down your equipment. I didn't know any of these things until this lady came at me and she had a purse. And when you work out with a purse, you are serious, okay? And she made it very clear that I had not wiped my, my equipment down and I was on her radar. And let me just tell you, she was tense and I've wiped down my equipment ever since. You don't mess with a with lady with a purse. Um, anyway, hey, can you guys do me a favor? We, we have a camera in the back of the room. Can you all just turn and just look that way for a second? Just look at the camera. Guys, that's Facebook. That's how Dee joins us in Pennsylvania. That's how Miss June joins us in Laurel. And this is, this is so crazy. Last weekend's message was viewed over 500 times because of that camera right there. Isn't that wild? And, and that's not it. We have all, everybody else who listens to the message. And so, you know, like our, our original listeners, Brett and Megan, who are newly engaged up in Connecticut. And so what's up, guys? And so all I'm you guys are the best. And, and so can, can you all, we normally cheer and I want you to cheer, but can you like maybe do a little wave as well? Maybe, you know, whatever you got to do to let them know that, that you're excited they're here because they can see you. So let's just, let's do it on three. One, two, Three. Woo! Yeah! That's good. I like that. Hey, who's ready to get pumped today? Some of you, Darl, that's good. Because we're in a series called Do You Even Lift, Bro? So if you're, you're near somebody, just turn to them and just say, You look stronger today. That's good. Now, now I need you to turn back to them and say, that's because I lift weights. Big ones. <laughs> In the first service, they didn't do it, and one guy yelled, that will be a lie, because I don't lift big weights, okay? Hey, we're talking about lifting our goals in 2020, lifting our influences in 2020, lifting our habits in 2020, and if, if you don't know what this phrase, do you even lift bro, means, last weekend we said this is like a, a gym phrase that means if you want to get better, if you want to get stronger, if you want to make gains, you got to challenge yourself. That's what do you even lift bro means. If you want to make gains, you got to challenge yourself. So, guys, today, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your personal trainer. You're all laughing. I feel it. Okay, I sense it. Um, but I'm here to help lift your gains in 2020. That's my goal for you all today. And I'm calling today's message, Lift Your Influences. Lift Your Influences. So I need everybody to give me a little pump. Lift Your Influences. Okay, that's good. It's just air, so we all can do this. Okay. <laughs> hey, a little question to start out today. Uh, how many of you have ever done anything stupid? 
Okay, that's almost everybody. Some of you are lying or not awake already. Um, pretty early in the message for that. But we've all done stupid stuff. I got all sorts of examples. I'll just give you one sort of uh, example. Um, when I was growing up, one of my favorite people in the world was my buddy Matt. And uh, Matt had a farm in, in my hometown of Gumboro. Come on, Gumboro. Gumboro is the land of Scrapple. It's the land of the Gumboro store. That's all there is, okay? I just, that's the whole. But I, I love going to my buddy Matt's house when I was a kid because he had a huge farm, which meant we could get really far away from parents. And when you're 10 years old, how many of you know that was an important thing? And so one uh, summer, my buddy Matt's dad dug a hole on the edge of one of their fields because he needed the dirt. And that summer, it rained a ton. And so that hole got filled up with field water. You know it's in field water? Do you know what it smells like in Sussex County in the, in the spring? Manure, right? We called it Gumbera Gold, okay? And so it filled up with this dirty Gumbera Gold. It was like a Gumbera Gold water hole is what this thing turned into. And no lie, we swam in that hole all summer long. It was the best. Until one time, true story, I found a leech on me. And I did not know there were leeches in Delaware. And let me just tell you, there are, and they live in Gumboro. And so I stopped swimming in the pond. But it was stupid. But the dumbest thing of all is uh, one day my buddy, Matt, he, he said to me that he, we were in school. And he said, Joel, I'm driving now. And I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't believe him. Because 10-year-olds in 1992 didn't drive. 10-year-olds in 1992, we watched VHS tapes. We drank Kool-Aid. And we went to the Foot Locker and got light-up sneakers. Okay, that's the kind of thing 10-year-olds did in 1992. And so I didn't believe him until that weekend. I went to Matt's house almost every weekend. Matt, I was at his house, and he said, Hey, Joel, hop in my dad's blue Ford Ranger pickup truck. We're going for a ride to the Gumbro store, and we're going to get tasty cakes. And I would have said no, but he brought up tasty cakes. And so 10-year-old Matt and I loaded up in his dad's blue Ford Ranger pickup truck, drove down Route 30 to the Gumbera store, got Casey Cakes, came home. It was the greatest ride of my entire life until I pulled into the driveway, and in the driveway was my mom's 1987 Buick Century. And my mom was just standing there looking at us coming down the driveway like this. And the only thing I thought is, I'm probably not going to eat another Tasty Cake for a while. But I knew my mom was going to tell my dad, and then my dad was probably going to bury me in that hole in that field in Gumbro. It was, can we all agree that was dumb, that was stupid? So one more time, just so I don't feel like the stupid one. How many of us have done stupid stuff? We've all done stupid stuff. Stuff that when we look back at, we're like, what was I thinking? Maybe you took a job, and you look back at it now, and you're like, I don't, I don't even know why I did that. Like, why... Somebody has done that. I'm preaching to somebody in the back. But you're like, that was so stupid. Maybe you dated a guy or you dated a girl. Hopefully you're not sitting by him right now. And you're like, that was the biggest piece of stupid. Maybe, maybe you bought something you shouldn't have bought. Who's bought something you shouldn't have bought before? It was stupid. Yeah, maybe, maybe you bought two four-wheelers without calling and asking your wife if you should buy them first. Somebody on our team may have done that. Let's move on. 
That's the story. Anyway, we've all done some things that we look back at and we're like, what was I thinking? And, and you are responsible for those things. Okay, let me just make that clear. We're all responsible for the dumb things that we have done. But isn't it true that for some of those things, you are influenced by the people around you to do them? Isn't that true? We all let people in our life who influence us. That, that's the, the power of friends. Anybody in here under 20 years old? Anybody under like, your young, young people in the room? Yeah, some people are here. In the first service, it was like this 70-year-old guy who raised his hand. I'm like, that's it's not even close. Um, but here's the thing. For, I don't want to just, you know, if you're under 20 in the room, when I was a, a kid in high school, I remember uh, my mom would let me choose my friends. And, but my mom had an opinion about my friends. You, you know what I mean? And so I remember um, one of my friends I'd been hanging out with a lot in high school, they got suspended one time, and my mom found out. How? Because moms find out. And when I came home, my mom gave me like the mom look, which I knew about the mom look because I saw it that time in the driveway when I was 10 years old. And my mom said, Joel, you can choose your friends, but I'm just going to tell you, if you keep hanging out with that person, they're going to be trouble for you. And I was like, come on, mom. You don't know. You're not the judge. But guess who ended up being trouble for me? That person. Who was right? Because mama is always right. Here's the thing. Moms have a sixth sense. They have a sniffer. And so if your mom tells you you need to be careful with somebody, listen to the sniffer. And here's the thing. This is not just for people under 20. This is everybody again. Okay. You show me your top five friends and I will show you your future. Our friends shape our life. And if you're taking notes or maybe you're taking pictures of the screen, this is, this is really important. We'll put this up there. You won't live the right life with the wrong friends. It's impossible because our friends shape our life. You won't live the right life with the wrong friends. So we're going to talk about how to lift our influences, how to lift our friendships. If you brought your Bible, head on over to Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 3 through 5 today. And if, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, like maybe maybe you've never owned one. Maybe, maybe you think you have one, but it's probably in the floor, floorboard of your car under like 85 empty water bottles. Who's got a car like this? Few people, okay, that are ashamed. Anyway, if you got, maybe you don't know where it is, maybe you've never owned one. Before you leave today, grab one of these in the lobby uh, at the desk out there. This book has done more to influence me and shape me than anything else I can tell you about. And so it's so important to us that you get one of these in your hands, that we buy case after case after case to just give these away. And so if you don't have one, make sure you grab one before you leave. Uh, but you don't need to get up now, like, just stay comfortable. It's already up on the screen. You can follow there. Paul says this. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are, Patriots fans. <laughs> Just saying. Let's continue to read God's Word. <laughs> Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Hold on to that. We are many parts of one body. And help me out here. We all belong to each other. Turn to somebody and say, you belong. 
We all belong to each other. Now, this word, Christ's body, like what? What, what is Paul talking about? Like what, what is Christ's body? Who is Christ's body? Guys, that's us. That's the church. It's every single one of you in this room who would say, hey, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. We are Christ's bodies, body and we all belong to each other. We influence each other because we are Christ's body and we can influence each other so much for Jesus. And so with that in mind, I want to talk about how you can lift your influences in 2020. And I only have one point today, and it's this. We'll put it up on the screen. If you want to make friend gains in 2020, examine, look at your influences. Look at your influences. So um, full disclosure, my diet is, is not good. Now, like when I say not good, there are, there are bright moments. But there's also like golden double stuffed Oreos. Come on, somebody. And if you're a single stuff person, I'm examining my influences and you're out. Okay, like you can't do it. But I, I attempt to eat healthy every January. And so on January 2nd of this year, I'm two days in and I have I'm nailed it for 36 hours. Good. Okay, and, um, and so that night for, for dinner, I wanted to eat my favorite salad in the world, which is a bag salad from Food Lion. It is sweet kale salad. It's got kale, and it also has like Brussels sprouts and these like nut things. And I, it, I'm probably not, it doesn't sound good. It is delicious. Angels sing delicious, wonderful. And so I go in the refrigerator to get that out because I'm trying to eat healthy that night. And so like when I try to eat healthy, I like, I like to announce it, you know? Like, I think people need to know that I'm attempting to eat healthy. And so, like, I got my sweet kale salad, and I'm kind of dancing around the kitchen. Like, I just, I'm going to eat sweet kale salad. I'm going to eat salad tonight. Just trying to take care of the temple. <laughs> and as I'm, like, celebrating myself, really, I noticed that the e-by date was December 24th, and it is January 2nd. Now, in my opinion... <laughs> Nine days past due on a salad, you may die, okay? Like you, things walk around in salad bags after nine days, right? And so I said to Stacey, I was like, babe, I, I, can't, I can't eat this salad. And Stacy, who FYI, she rolls the dice on food poisoning in her life on the daily. She's like, just eat it. It'll be fine. I'm like, are you trying to off me? Would you, would you eat it? Is this like... Anyway, I, I was not eating it. And so Stacy, who knew that I'm trying to eat healthy, it's January 2nd, she's like, well, honey, you do know that there's some leftover dominoes in the refrigerator from New Year's Eve, don't you? I'm like, I'm not even 48 hours in. Like, I can't do that. But Stacy said, you should eat it. You'll really love it. <laughs> and that's all it took. <laughs> I was like, game on. And I ate almost half the Domino's pizza. I violated that pizza, you guys. And like, and I tell you that story because Stacy made me do it. Like, she influenced me to do it. Oh, I'm in trouble. Anyway, you got to examine your influences because we can either influence each other for good or for Domino's. We can either influence ourselves for God or not. 
And we are shaped just by being around certain things. I, I'll show you. Um, how many of you, when you grew up, you grew up in a house that was kind of conservative with money, like there was a budget or there was like, you were thrifty like in the house. How many of you grew up in a house like this? Okay, a, lo a lot of people, all right. My, my, my mom, she used to hand wash the sandwich baggies and then reuse them for months. And that's like, that's cheap. Like that's my mom cheap. That's kind of, that kind of cheap. But if you grew up in like a conservative house financially that budgeted, like that was normal to you, wasn't it? Wasn't that normal? Now, how many of you grew up in a house that didn't have a seven hour budget meeting just to go get a rotisserie chicken? Like you just, you got it. Okay. So if you grew up in a house that spent money a little more freely, then that's what was normal to you growing up as well. And my point is this, we catch what's around us just by being around Certain things. One of my favorite quotes is from uh, this, this lady, an author uh, named Rachel Cruz, and we'll put this on the screen. She says, more is caught than taught. We catch more just by being around it than what we're actually taught. Okay, this is, this is why I'm making my boy Nixon watch Ravens games, even when we lose. Like, we're, he's going to be a Ravens fan, okay, because I'm trying to, you know, him to catch this. We catch what we are around. And, and here's what's so amazing about that. That's what's so important about this place. Because church is a place where we can influence each other for Jesus. We can catch that just by being around certain people in this place. Why? Because we are Christ's body. I was talking to this guy out in the lobby. It was probably a little over a month ago. And um, he is on the, recovery, or on the road to recovery. Um, he's got... Two years, I believe, in his recovery. So he's doing amazing. But before coming to church, he was in a, a sort of a drug environment. And that was what was normal to him. That was just what he was around. This was not normal. And he said, when I came here a year ago, I didn't know a place like this existed. He said, I didn't know people like this existed. And he said, I've just been here a year. And I've learned uh, in a year that if I have a bad day, I don't have to run to drugs. I can run to God. He said, um, I've learned in a year that when I, when I follow Jesus, he said, I get more joy out of Jesus than I ever got out of any drug in my life. And so he said, in a million years, I never would have thought I would be in a church and I'd be clean and I would be like a Jesus person and I would be volunteering. And that is the power of being around Christ's body and being around people who are influencing you for Jesus because more is called than taught. So let's apply this. If you want to have a better marriage, Get around people who are fighting for their marriage instead of people who are fighting against marriage, right? If you want to have more joy and happiness in your life, which who doesn't want that, right? But get around some, some positive people. If you want to, um, if you want to be smarter with money, don't spend all your time talking to your broke Uncle Eddie about money advice, right? Get around people who are smart with money. If you want to live like Jesus taught, get around people who are living like Jesus taught. Put those people in your life because you won't live the right life with the wrong friends. And if you want to change your life, sometimes, sometimes that means you got to change your friends. There's um, a story in here. One second, get a little, little dry up here, a little desert time. One of the most awkward things as a preacher is drinking in the middle of your message. So can we just embrace this, this moment? Because I need water and it's awkward, so there we go. Um, in Matthew chapter 9, 
See? Well, let's move on. Um, Jesus, this guy named Jairus comes to Jesus. And Jairus' uh, daughter had just died. And so Jairus comes to Jesus, and he's like, Jesus, can you do a miracle? Can you, like, bring my daughter back to life? And it says that Jesus went back to Jairus' house. And when they walked into Jairus' house, they were literally having Jairus' daughter's funeral at that moment in the house. And Jesus walks in, and he's like, hey, guys, she's not dead. She, she's just asleep. And everybody laughed at Jesus. It says they laughed at Jesus, which, you know, a little side note, don't, don't laugh at Jesus. Not smart. Because it says that Jesus, after they laughed at him, he said, get out. Get out. In fact, the very next thing that Jesus did is he, it says Jesus put them out. So Jesus was not playing. And then once the wrong people got out, Jesus did the miracle and he brought this girl back to life. And maybe in your life, like you're, you're waiting for a miracle and you're praying for a miracle in your marriage. You're praying for a miracle with your addiction or maybe with your emotional health or maybe in your faith. But maybe the miracle isn't happening because you got the wrong people around you. Those people are influencing you. What if the miracle isn't happening not because it's waiting on you, but it's waiting on you to say, get out. Sometimes you got to say to somebody in your life, get out. I, I love you, but get out. Everybody say, get out. Get out. You guys can say that. It sounds like you've said that before. So I was talking to a guy right after the 1030 last weekend in this room, and um, he's doing amazing. He's three years into his recovery, um, but he was telling me one of his best friends just fell back into addiction, and he's, he's back using again, and um, he said, everything in me wants to like go and rescue him and wants to like walk him out of this and just be there for him, but he said, I can't do it. He said, I can't do it because I've come too far to go back there again. And, and if you're in here and you're like on your road to recovery, I just want you to know we are high-fiving you. We are behind you. But if you are putting yourself around people who use, I say this is all the love in the world, but you probably won't be clean for very long. Because you got to say get out to the wrong people and you got to say get in to the right people. And so who are the right people in our lives? Okay, every one of us, and we'll put this on the screen, we all have... Fans, hecklers, and coaches. Fans, hecklers, and coaches. Now, this is really just an excuse for me to talk about football for a second. Let's be honest. <laughs> Which, I can't really talk about the Ravens game last night. Like, I'm, it's too soon. I'm not ready. I, I will say that all morning long, people have come up to me and they've said, I'm sorry for your loss, Joel. <laughs> like, somebody died. I don't know. Like, anyway, um, my dad is like a, he's a conflicted football fan. He's a conflicted football fan because he's like a, he's like a Green Bay Packers fan. There's one, always. Two services, we got one, okay? But my dad is also a Baltimore Ravens fan, okay? So that didn't turn out good for him last night, but my dad is also somebody who, he's the only person I know who can root for two random teams at the same time and root for both of them. As the, like, so for, for instance, um, the Vikings played the Saints last weekend, and, um, and my dad was watching the game, and at one point, the Saints scored, and, and I heard my dad cheer, which I thought made sense. I was like, okay, he's a pastor, the Saints go marching in or something. There's got to be a spiritual connection. But then the Vikings scored, and my dad cheered again, and I'm like, what in the world? And I was like, Dad, well, who are you rooting for? He's like, I don't know, son, I'm just watching football. Like, okay. But my dad, he's just kind of a fan of the game. I guess we could put him in, in that category. And it's all kinds of different 
types of sports watchers. And so I'm going to break this down for you because I need to find out what you are. Okay, first off, some of you in the room, you are, you're fans, which means when your team scores, you celebrate. You get noise violations in the house. You pick up your children. You just run around. Okay, you just go crazy. You love it when your team wins or, or, or when your team scores or does anything good. How many of you, you're a fan, like you celebrate when good things happen with your team? Okay, it's a lot of you, you're fans. Next, there's, there's hecklers. And hecklers, you don't celebrate, you instigate. Like a heckler would say, you know, the, the Patriots won last weekend, just in case you had forgotten, they, or I'm sorry, they lost last weekend, in case you've forgotten, they lost. Um, and, and a heckler might say something like, I wonder when the, the Patriots lost, if Tom Brady was feeling a little, you know, deflated. I wouldn't say it, I'm just saying this isn't what a heckler would say, you know. But where are the hecklers at? Like, you, you like to instigate, you like to press the buttons a little bit, There's a, okay, a couple of things. Yeah. My wife raised her hand. That is true. <laughs> then we have coaches. Some of you are coaches, which means you love to coach the game you're watching from your lazy boy. You're like, honey, honey, if they would have lined up in, in the pistol, then we would have lost. You know, like they, they just did this. And, that. Like you, and you're like an accountant, but you are a coach on Sundays, okay? You're like, uh, how many of you, you like to coach the game? You're like, you got some input. They need to know about it. Okay, how many of you are like, I'm none of these, I just like, I like food or I like springtime when this is all over? Okay, that's most of the people in the room, that's pretty telling. Um, here's my point. Just like in sports, we have fans, hecklers, and coaches. In life, we have fans, hecklers, and coaches. And here's what I know about every single person in this room, every one of you, you need fans. You need people who cheer for you, who believe in you, who high-five you, who, you know, sing songs like, fly, Bonnie, fly, you know, like whatever. <laughs> you need people who cheer for you and who are your fans. And when you get those people, you hold on to them. Uh, every Sunday, right before I stand up here and speak, Stacey's in, in one of our services, and she always stands right next to me. And um, at one point during the music, she will put her hand on my back, and she'll pray for me. And after she gets done praying for me, She'll whisper to me and she'll say, Joel, you're going to do great today. And, and so many times like people say to me, like, Joel, how do you have so much energy on the stage? Like, what, is, is it Mountain Dew you're drinking in there? Is that what that is? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to disclose. But no, the, the reason I'm so revved up and got energy up on this stage is because my wife believes in me. She is my fan. And that revs me up in, in more ways than one. You guys are so like... Let's move on, okay? This isn't, this isn't the relationship message. Um, my point is, when you get fans in your life, you need to hold on to them. You need people who, when you make a positive change in your life, you're, they're the ones saying, you got it. You go for it. I believe in you. You need fans, okay? A lot of a lot, men, especially, were like, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it all by myself. I'm, I'll go solo through this life thing. Listen, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. So we need fans. And this church is full of fans. This room, these are your fans. I just want you to know, the people in this room, we believe in your marriage. We believe in your future. We believe in what's next for you. We, we believe in your recovery. We believe if you're, you're depressed today, listen, I know what that's like. I have been there, but I am just here to remind you that joy comes in the morning and I'm rooting for you. And this church is a church that wants you to know that the best is yet to come in your life. We are your fans. That's the kind of church that we are. And we all need fans because we all have hecklers in our life. 
And, and hecklers, isn't it true that with hecklers, that sometimes we're tempted to live our life in a way to try to turn our hecklers into our fans? Isn't that interesting? And here's what I've noticed. Hecklers almost always stay hecklers. If they don't believe in you now, they're probably not going to believe in you later. And so this, this is so important. Maybe you came to church to hear this today. We'll put this on the screen. Don't believe the people who are never going to believe in you. Don't believe the people who are never going to believe in you. So here's how I'm doing this. Okay, um, this week I got a, a, out some post-it notes. We're speaking of the 90s post-it notes. And I, I, I sat down and I wrote down the people in my life that are like my people. They're like my crew. These are the people who, if they say, Joel, you need to straighten up, I listen because I know that they, they have my best interest at heart. These, these are the people who, if it's like snowing and it's midnight, but I need something, they are going to find a way to make it happen. Okay, so I wrote down my people on a post-it note because I believe you can fit your people who are like really your people. I think you can fit them on one post-it note. And you might say, well, am I on your post-it note? Maybe. Are you a Steelers fan? then maybe not. <laughs> anyway, but here's what I'm going to do. After this service, I'm going to take this post-it note and I'm going to fold it up and I'm going to put it in my wallet. And the next time I'm being heckled by somebody, I'm going to pull out my post-it note and I'm going to look for their name. <laughs> and if I don't find their name, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. you you're not on my post-it note. And they're probably going to be like, well, really? Like, well, what? Um, and I'm going to be like, well, you know, I'd love to lose sleep over what you had to say about me, but you didn't make the list. <laughs> because I'm not going to go through my life believing people who don't believe in me. Uh, the other day I was in uh, Michael's and um, I, I saw somebody who heckled me as a pastor a few years ago and they heckled me bad. And I was in Michael's getting, you know, just getting my holiday craft shop on, you know. And I got all hot and bothered about the whole situation. And like, I, you know, just ruined the whole thing. And then this week I was thinking, Joel, they're not on the list. Don't let them ruin your Michael's shopping experience. Go to Michael's. Enjoy yourself because they're not on the post-it note. I don't want to believe in people who don't believe in me. So here's my advice to you. Go home today, get a post-it note, and write down your people on it. And then fold it up, put it in your wallet, put it in your purse. And when somebody heckles you, get out the post-it note. Because we shouldn't go through life believing people who are never going to believe in us. You need fans, and you also need coaches. So coaches educate. You know, fans motivate and celebrate, and then coaches educate. So these are like authors and teachers and leaders and, and um, uh, your smart friends. How many know you got friends and then you got smart friends? Don't point at anybody, but you know. <laughs> and, and coaches... Or anybody who knows more about something than you know, and they will coach you up. And the reason that we need coaches is because of one of my favorite verses in Proverbs. It says this, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend does what? Sharpens a friend. We need people in our life who sharpen us. The first Wednesday of every month... Um, and this Wednesday, I'm going to do this as well. It's actually the second Wednesday for this month, but that's a whole side story. But um, I get together with my brother and my dad, and we go to Panera Bread, or we go to wherever dad wants to eat that day. He was on Grandpa Max kick for a while, and he pays sometimes. So we're like, okay, dad, you want to go? We'll go. 
But we get together every Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month, and, um, and we don't just go and talk about football and shoot the breeze. We go, and it is our time to grow together. And, and in fact, we're reading a, a Bob Goff book for our meeting this week. And, um, and so we read a book, we talk about a book, we're talking about how we can live better, how we can be better men, how we can be better husbands, how we can be better friends. And like that's a time where I get sharpened so much because I learned so much from my brother, I learned so much from my dad, and we need people who sharpen us if we ever want to get better at life. And we need, we need practical coaches, we need um, uh, accountability coaches, we need spiritual coaches, some of you, you might need a driving coach. Just kidding, if you're married, how many of you know that's your driving coach, whether you like it or not? <laughs> but we need coaches, people who can educate us and motivate us and sharpen us. And we also need fans because you show me your top five friends and I'll show you your future and you won't live the right life with the wrong friends. And so this week, would you like examine your influences? What would you... You know, just ask the question like, are, are they share, sharpening me for good? Are they sharpening me to point me to Jesus? Like, what are they shaping me to believe? What are they shaping me to think? What are they shaping me to do? Would, would you just kind of look at your, yourself and look at that? Because, listen, you won't live your best life with the wrong friends. Those people who sharpen you are the right people for your life. He's like, Joe, I don't know where to find fans. I don't know where to find these right people. We're here to help. So I got two options, two options for you guys. So uh, everybody should have this program in the back of your seats. And uh, if you're on the front row, you're, it's underneath of you. Could you just grab it? I'm going to make you grab it. And then I'm going to make you like wave it in the air like you just don't care. Okay, just, just, but you are going to care. Ha. So um, on this back part, it says go further. You all see the go further part? At the very bottom of that, it says, I want to join a base Shore group. You guys see that? Okay. That is a way, as a church, we can help put some fans around you. A basal group is just a group of people who come here, and we're all Christ's body, so we come here, we all belong to each other, and you get together with them uh, once a month or a few times a month, and you talk about life, and you talk about Jesus. And it's just an easy way to get some fans around you. And, and the people who are in basal groups in their church right now, they would say, listen, when I'm going through something, those are my people. They help me walk through that stuff. And another opportunity for you is right above that, it says, um, I want to become a partner, which you could just kind of look at as, I want to become a, a volunteer. And so if you want to volunteer here at the church, the one reason you should do that is because you automatically get connected with other people who can turn into your fans. People who, if you stand at the, the door with the same person, with, with Bonnie every week, then every week you're going to start to get to know Bonnie, and she's going to become your fan, because I know Bonnie, and she will be your fan, and you get around some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. And so these are two easy ways for you to get some fans around you, and not just any fans, fans that are part of Christ's body. So that's just, if you want to put your name down, your email down, and stop it by the desk when you leave today, we will get up with you and get some fans around you guys, because... We're Christ's body, we all belong to each other, and we all need to root each other on. I'll end with this. Um, this week, I was, me and my wife Stacy, rather, a few weeks ago, we celebrated our 12-year wedding anniversary. 12 years is crazy. Um, I've said that like three times. I get clapped for every time. I enjoy that. I'm just going to keep saying it all year. But this week, I decided to go look back through some of our wedding pictures. 
And um, number one, the first thing I noticed is that my wife Stacy is just as young and beautiful today as she was 12 years ago. And I'm not saying that to get brownie points. I'm saying it because when I looked at myself, I got mad. I'm like, what? Stacy looks young and beautiful. I look like Yoda. Not even baby old Yoda. Like it's things have gone downhill. It's the Domino's Pizza. I don't know. Anyway, I was looking at these pictures probably for the first time in 10 years. And, and I just thought like, oh my gosh, we were just kids. We didn't know what was coming, you know. And um, you guys want to look at a few of these pictures before we close up today? Okay. So this first one is my groomsmen right here. And so this is my, my, my people, my crew. Um, don't worry about my hair. It's, it's not Photoshop. It's real. But over here on the left is uh, Phil. And Phil played bass with us right over here this morning. Uh, next to Phil is his brother, Andrew. Now, Andrew's he doesn't come here because Andrew, I don't even know where he's, he's in like Uruguay right now, Brazil. I don't, he's everywhere. He's in, he's not here, Okay. He goes all over, he's a globetrotter, but next to um, Andrew is my buddy Andy, and Andy is a volunteer here, he's been at our church forever, um, and then next to me is my brother Tim, who's actually leading financial peace for us, and then next to him is my buddy Joel Baker, who's also a globetrotter, we don't know where he is, he's just all over the place, he's just like, yeah, so then, who's next, who's that last guy? Bo Stinking Dukes right there. But I was looking at these, this picture, and guys, these are my, this is my crew 12 years ago. These are my, my people, and they are still my people today. If I need anything, these are my people. And what's cool is all of us who live in Delaware, we all do church together. We all belong to each other. We're all part of Christ's body. They all come here, actually. Uh, some other of my favorite pictures that we have, let's go to this next one. This is um, my brother Tim reading the best man's speech at our reception, which he wrote it on the largest piece of paper I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he, Tim had a lot to say, okay? <laughs> uh, the, the next one, let's go to the next one. This is one of my favorites. This is Andy um, again, and I just, I think she's really judging his haircut. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> she, she's a heckler in Andy's life, okay? Not a fan. Maybe my favorite picture, though, um, is this last one I'll put up. And, uh, you know, Stacy obviously looking beautiful. And then my grandparents. And I love my grandparents so much. And we, in the last 12 years, I've lost three out of four of my grandparents. But I look at this and I think, man, they had so much to do with shaping who I am. And I was looking through these pictures of my parents, my grandparents, um, of my friends. And I just thought... God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my fans and my coaches in my life. The people who like prayed and supported Stacy and I before like anybody else really believed in us. We're just young kids. Like they were the ones who have my back and they're still the ones who have my back. And I am sharper because of all the people I was looking at pictures of this week. And like I would not be half the man, half the husband, half the father, half the pastor, half anything if it weren't for the people in my life. And so sometimes you got to examine your influences because that's the power of influence. And guys, just so you know, we are your fans and we want to help influence you because Jesus has influenced us and Jesus is the greatest fan of you that you can ever have in your entire life.
And so we're all Christ's body. We all belong to each other. And, and I just want you this week, if you can, would you just be willing to, to lift your influences or at least look at your influences? Look at the people you have in your life and, and, and ask yourself, like, are, are they shaping me? Are they sharpening me for Jesus? Are they pushing me where I need to go? Are they my fans? Are they my coaches? And would you, would you be willing to do that this week? And if you're like willing to like lift your influences in 2020, just, just, just give me a little pump. Just give me a little pump. Come on, you're not lifting anything. Just pump it like you mean it. All right, I, I think that's great. I think you guys will have a better 2020 if you lift your influences this year. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm so thankful for the influence you have had on my life. And I'm also so thankful for the influences of the people you've put in my life. And God, I just pray that as we, we hear this message, we'll, we'll, we'll go out of here and we'll, we'll say, God, who's the right people in my life? Who do I need to say get into and who do I need to maybe look at and say, you know, I, I can't have them in my life. They're, they're pushing me in the wrong direction. And God, I just pray that we will lift our influences in 2020. And that we'll know that you are for us and you are our fan. And God, that is the greatest gift of all. And help that to influence us, to influence others for you, Jesus. And we just love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in your name. Amen.